Welcome to virtual meditation with Shiloh. Uh, hello? Today I, oh. we're working on forgiving ourselves for not knowing the difference between upload and download speeds before getting cable internet. <laughs> That's oddly specific. Repeat after me. I am not my cable internet. Wait, um, I, I, I don't have cable. I'm not a bad... If my video calls, more like video stalls. Uh, hey Shiloh, there's something... I will get AT&T fiber. <laughs> And I will switch classes until you do. Slow upload speeds? You're not a bad person. You just need better internet. With 20 times faster upload speeds, AT&T Fiber delivers a faster internet experience than cable. Get AT&T Fiber with no annual contract. Limited availability in select areas. Call 1-877-ONLY-ATT. Check eligibility at att.com slash getfiber. Based on combined internet 1,000 wired up and download capacity versus major cable providers, one gig service with uploads of 35 megabits per second. Speeds vary, not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I'm Constance Arnold, and I'm the host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today I am coming to you from beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, also known as the ATL. It is the beginning of a new year. And if you are listening to the show today, I believe that the spirit has attracted you here. You've been drawn here so that you can receive the insight, the revelation, the how-tos, the strategies that you need in order to begin living and creating your best life in 2021. Well, how are you doing, everyone? I am doing really well. Uh, I'm excited about my show today. My very special guest is Dr. We got a doctor in the house, Dr. Sal Gary Salyer. And uh, Gary is going to be talking to us about how all of us deserve love. And he's going to teach us how to release the pain of past relationships and create the love that you deserve, whether or not you're married or you are single and you're ready to attract love. He talk, He's going to be talking uh, from his book, Safe to Love Again, so I want you to stay tuned. Well, guys, uh, I want you to visit me on social media, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram is LOA Constance. Facebook is Coach with Constance. I go Facebook Live every uh, Monday morning at 10 a.m. And if you are not available, then you can always go back and listen to the replay. What else? I want to thank all of you who've been making donations and paying it forward for others. You can visit my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com, and just hit the donate button. Or if you want to just cash out me, I have some people do that. This week is a dollar sign, Constance Arnold. And you know, one of the quickest ways for you to get something moving in your own life is really giving. Uh, I don't know all of the dynamics of that, but I do know that when you give, it puts you in the 
uh, in the vibration or in the law of circulation. And Einstein calls it the boomerang effect. Whatever you give out, it comes back to you. So I'm thanking you in advance. I know this show is inspiring, motivating, shifting, and changing. So make your donation, and I'm thanking you in advance. For those of you who've been sending me emails about coaching, you guys know I'm a master's level coach. Uh, I am a master's level counselor, earn degrees, and uh, I'm a master manifester and a master trainer. So if you want to work with the master in any area, whether or not it's attracting love, manifesting more money, starting a new business, releasing weight, creating a powerful new future, if you want to uh, develop a new career, I have a proven track record. All of you have heard all of my uh, clients who have uh, been guests on the show. And so if you're ready for change and you're tired of wishing and hoping that I am the master coach for you, and I'm going to teach you how to use the law of attraction, spirituality, plus proven strategies to move you from where you are to where you desire to be. Just this week, um, you know, every week I'm just receiving phenomenal um, insight and, and testimonies from my clients. Just this week, you know, I just had a client who really was able to release so much weight and she was also able to give up the addiction of drinking and smoking. You know, those are, are pretty big and, and we did some inner work to make that happen. So aren't you tired of wishing and hoping and praying? Coaching puts you in the vibration of strategies. Coaching puts you in the vibration of success. I've coached and are trained over 10,000 clients during my career. So if you would like a complimentary 20-minute 20 minutes, not minted, 20 minute <laughs> discovery call. What's a discovery call? It's where uh, we'll do a 20 minute call. I'll listen to you to kind of see what you want, what are your desires, uh, what do you want your life to look like by the end of the year. And then you will hear just a little bit more from me about coaching. And then you'll make a decision, you know, if you're ready to begin to deliberately create your best life. You heard me say last week, my personal trainer, even though I've been walking and running for 25 years, just working with a master trainer has really shifted my body, y'all. Why? Because he's a master. So email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And I want you to share this show link with just one of your friends, one of your family mem members, one of your coworkers, uh, so that they can be inspired, motivated, and transformed. I think that is it. So we're going to go to these quick commercials, and then I'm going to be back with Dr. Gary. So everybody stay tuned. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? 
Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Well, everybody, I am back and I'm really excited about my very first guest for 2021. And uh, you're going to be blessed today. We got the love doctor in the house. We have Dr. Gary Salyer, and he is the author of Safe to Love Again. Everyone Deserves a Love That Lasts. And his book really uh, emphasizes how to release the pain of past relationships and create the love you deserve. We need all of his help because all of us globally have been uh, in pandemic in 2020. And we want to hear everything he has to say about love. So Dr. Gary Sal, you're welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network work. And thank you, Constance. It's a joy to be back again. Well, and this is maybe the second or third time I know at least. Right, yes. right. Well, how's it going for you? Uh, right now, uh, it's going well. I'm taking long vacation trips to either my front or backyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knew the front yard was a destination, nevertheless? Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. I was so glad when I realized that we were going to uh, really have you on the show again. So let's just get with it. And I have so many questions for you, but I want to start just basically, maybe you could just share about how the pandemic has impacted us around loving, a sense of belonging, needing to be hugged. What has happened to us in the area of love uh, during this time? What is happening? Well, if anything, uh, there's a, you know, it's a disruptor at multiple layers because uh, I can still remember the weekend that Governor Newsom cut down, you know, shut down California. And my son calls me and says, how does it feel to be grounded? And I said, well, you know, it's been a while, Uh, something like that. And I thought for the next two hours what it would mean to shut down human connection on Mm. this sort of massive scale. And I realized that, you know, the heart and soul of human beings is that we get to belong. Uh, We didn't survive just because of our big, bad brains. You know, we survived because we had each other's back because we had connections you know, out in the out in the wild 40,000 years ago, brains don't matter that much. But if someone having your back, a whole lot, right? And I knew for singles, it was going to split the right to be separate and to go out and be in me and explore your world and then to come home to a we. This is what loving relationships, it balances me and we going out and exploring and coming back to the safe harbor of someone's home, you know, and one's heart. You know, like that partner who really says, come on, baby. It looks like you had a hard day. What was going on? That is what we need. And for singles, they, it's turned out to be pretty much true. They're worried that they can ever have a decent connection again. It's not safe to go on dates, and it feels hopeless and frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and for couples, 
it's no way, you know, when you're sheltering at home the whole time, you know, there's no way that you can, you can get away from the residual issues that have not been faced or dealt with. And so it's a, it's a pressure cooker. And they're not getting enough me time. That's all we. And we, I think the culture used a lot of distractions mm-hmm. to manage couple pain. I'll just go to the gym. And now it ain't happening so much. And now they're finally facing it. I've had five couples come to me this year with 30 plus years. Uh, and yes, they'd seen it, but they didn't have to deal with it 24-7. So, yeah. you know, it's either too much of a good thing or not enough at all. Of, so in terms true. of our, our ability to connect and belong. And this thing is is kind of evil because we have to do both. We have, it's like breathing. Like, I love the I love the way you put that. So so one question I want to ask you before we kind of get to your theory and your expertise. Um, what about single people who are saying now, oh, it Constance, it's the beginning of the year, and I I got my vision board and love, and I got my wedding picture and all of that stuff, but I just ain't feeling it. What? What can you say to single people? Somebody sent me in that question to ask you because they knew that I was going to be interviewing you. Okay. So first off, I, I have dealt with singles. Singles are taking two tracks. They're the ones that there's ones that are saying, wow, I, I need to take a break. And this would be a perfect time to work on my stuff, to come in so that when on the other side of this, things go different. Some are taking that track. Others are feeling, oh, my God. You know, I'm, I'm separate, I'm alone. And it's, and because they haven't worked on their stuff, it's really pointing out, oh my God, it, it hits that old wound when I didn't get to belong or I had to be separate, right? Um, and what you're seeing with couples, I mean, singles, I should say, is that, you know, there's this hopelessness. How do I connect? Because I don't want to lose my life. <laughs> COVID okay. has a wide range. It's like Russian roulette with symptoms. You could get the sniffles or you could get the, you know, uh, the corner. And it's a lot and some ugly things in between. So what I see is this is actually, a, um, there's an upside to the downside. Before singles were the, oh, I can just go swipe left, swipe left, swipe left, mm-hmm. go meet somebody who knows, meet somebody who knows new. And we did not put a value on what relations are. We're, oh, what's the next best one? Well, now you can't do that. So I think it's causing a little bit of a reset. People are learning if I can go deeper with one person, there may be more of a chance of finding love than swipe left, swipe left. And I think that's the great blessing. I, I literally had a young man come to me to work on things. He was, you know, late twenties, wanted, to, and he was in his first relationship. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it took him a while, while to, to you know, navigate the COVID thing. And what, what was really interesting is he says, you know. I found out that he says it took us a couple months to make love. He says, I've never done that in my entire life. He says, and you know, it really is better when you get to know him. <laughs> <laughs> now know? that's true. Now, that's a good lesson. That's, that's a, a great good, lesson. <laughs> that's a great lesson. Uh, and I don't think he'll go back. And we've worked on some rights, you know, uh, that like I talk in the book, but there's an upside. We're learning that, you know, we had so many choices. Um, that we didn't value the ones 
and we're satisfied when we made it. We, so we're always wiping off. Uh, I can still remember having a conversation with Paul Kirk Brunson, African-American man who was a, an elite matchmaker out of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And he t- and this was several years before COVID. And he says, you know, when we first uh, would work with clients who really wanted to find a lasting relationship, right? And Paul and his wife, Jill, just have the most beautiful marriage, you know. We had been on stage together and we're closing down a pub in Berkeley <laughs> talking because I really like this guy, right? Um, but he said that they at first they would sit down after they did inventory and they would give a client six portfolios, six options, pictures, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, what we found out is when you gave them six, they would just, oh, they'd look through it and they didn't take anyone seriously because they had so much choice. Mm. He says, now... Then I read Barry Schwartz's book, The Paradox of Choice, and found out there was research to say that the more choices somebody has, the less satisfaction they have when they make a choice because they're always thinking, you know, did I, did I buy the right one? You know, mm-hmm. it, could there have been a better deal out there? That's the paradox of choice, that you may have more choice but less satisfaction. He says, so what we stopped doing with that, and we started just giving them two. Now, wow, th- th- these are important. This is really good. I got to make a right choice. And now suddenly they go out on those dates with those two people. They're more serious. They're less flippant. They they get time to know each other. And he says, what we found out is giving people less choice meant better success. They They would take it more seriously. And I believe that COVID has kind of taken away the four extra choices mm-hmm. that's out there. And now we have to swipe down because we don't know if somebody uh, is practicing stuff that can get us killed or not. And so for me, I, I talk about a couple bubble that every you have. singles can navigate this. They go on Zoom they, and they take two or three weeks and they get to know someone uh, over you know, seven or eight Skype dates or Zoom dates for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then they can make a choice, what I call a temporary couple bubble. Marriages have them, but this is just temporary. It's not a full commitment, but it's a commitment to make sure that we'll, we, I, we will limit our social engagements so that we are safe for each other. So he doesn't go to the card game every Thursday night with his eight buddies, and she doesn't go to the family reunion. Mm-hmm. And when they can do that, now they can hold hands on a date. Now they can kiss if they feel like it. I had one client do that. They went out on seven or eight dates over a period of about uh, five or six weeks, and they decided it wasn't right, but they actually got to date. That's, and what you're seeing, what's the upside of that? You're going to see if somebody is partner material right away. You're going to see if they can cherish and protect her, protect you, and you're going to see if they can create a we. Yeah, that's so good. Well, talk to us about your work. It's so fascinating. I think it's so profound about how everyone deserves a love that lasts. Where do you want to start? I'm going to let you start wherever you want to. Well, you know, I think we, you know, we live in an age that uh, uh, we don't believe in lasting anymore. We don't. Uh, Commitments have been broken. Marriages, and and it's partially is, let's face it, our generation, we, we raise the expectations and we didn't give the skill sets. We said, well, we don't want those 50s utilitarian marriages and with all that patriarchalism. Let's raise the bar and let's not give anybody the tools to get there. Well, that only raised frustration levels. So that you know, we had the famed 
50% divorce rate, and we scared the living bejeebies out of our kids about relationships. They lived through, and we kind of caused a generational trauma is what we did. Mm. And when I say that, I mean, I was once on stage and somebody had read the back of my book and they had said, oh, so you're about just making sure a marriage lasts, whether it's good or not. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, everybody deserves a love that lasts, not a marriage. I a said, love. A love. I said, uh, now, if that marriage is loveless, and uh, then I'm not down for it. I'm, it's about really feeling good. And the heart and soul of what I say in my book is that our brain has a natural GPS for love. It's a nice little metaphor for what's called attachment science. Okay. <laughs> in, but we have a, from zero to three, especially zero to one and a half, our brain is given feelings. And based on those feelings, we either feel we are really, really loved or not so loved. Now, this is all before three. On three, the prefrontal cortex comes on. That's the part that in front of you says, hi, I'm Constance. This mm -hmm. is the one that tells stories, <laughs> you know, uh, gives limiting beliefs, uh, has an identity. But this is when the, the, at this point in time, a year to year and a half, three years, underneath that, the only thing online that's telling a child they're loved, neurologically speaking, are feelings. None of the other stuff is there. It's not up. It's the mental apparatus hasn't developed yet, enough yet. And the four feelings that tell everybody that they are loved is welcomed with joy. Oh, Constance, great being on your show today, right? Or you wake up in the morning and your beloved says, good morning, gorgeous. <laughs> good morning, handsome. That's welcome with joy. Or good to see you tonight. Worthy and nourished to reach out and have your needs met, where it's okay to reach out and know they're going to give you back in an attuned time away what you need, right? Cherished and protected. Cherished and protected means someone sees your inner essence and they, and it's, it's not about finding someone better because they could never find that unique essence that they see in you. And so they value that me and they see the uniqueness and they allow you to go and explore and come back to the protective harbor their own heart, right? That's, mm. you get to be a we and a me all the same. And then the last one is empowered with choice. I get to be, I get to be a choice, you know, in a marriage that means sharing influence. It means I get to be good and bad, strong and weak as a little one. And, you know, we get to have full intimacy with each other and we get to have a voice. Now, if you feel welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered, you feel pretty good in that relationship. And if you're out there listening, just ask yourself one to 10, how welcomed with joy do I feel? Welcome, one to 10, how worthy to reach out for my needs. One to 10, how cherished and protected. And one to 10, how empowered with choice. And I guarantee you, if anything's seven or below, that's a little bit of a problem, Mary. Probably a rub in the relationship. And if it's two are missing, you're thinking, gosh, what's a coach or a therapist number? And if three or four are missing, that's my definition of a toxic relationship. Wow. And so if somebody doesn't or did not receive those three, those four uh, characteristics, I shared with Dr. Gary before we uh, started recording that today I thought of something I hadn't thought about in 50 years, which was my dad telling me, Constance, did you know when you were a little baby, all of you, all of my sisters used to fight over keeping you on the weekend because you were so special. And I asked Doc, I hadn't thought about that in 50 years, but then I asked Dr. Gary, I said, 
do you think that that was kind of like tattooed uh, in my D- on, in my DNA that I was loved and wanted and needed and, and cherished and all of that. And he said, absolutely. So that's kind of like an example. That doesn't mean I've had perfect relationships, but that came to my memory today. So would that kind of be like an example? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, think, I mean, that little baby is welcomed with joy in spades. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh! You know, mm-hmm. you know, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe not so. And there's, and what a beautiful feeling of cherished and protected. Yeah. Oh, cherish I, that word. We don't even hardly use that word anymore. No. Cherish. Yeah. And cherished is the feeling of that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I talk about what is the, how do couples know when, or you know, how, what do you go from dating and Commitment. What's the big difference that creates the jump when, when a man or a woman says, yes, I want a lifetime with this person? What creates commitment? It goes back to an old, um, my answer for that is, uh, it goes back to an old uh, experiment with uh, an attachment science. They, since clever scientists wanted to understand early childhood attachment, and they you know, these little uh, attachment objects that children have, like bears and binkies and blankets. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, the ones that if you're the mom, you don't dare lose because you can't put them down at night. Right. <laughs> you know, my son had one of those bears. We lost it. And it was like, go find it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there was no resting until I went and found uh-huh. it. Right. You know, uh, now what they found out is that they, these were all children three or four. And they brought them into a room with there's this big old box and inside it was a cleverly disguised scientist or lab assistant. And they asked to replicate this, this precious object this, that they had a bond with, right? And 70% of children have an attachment object. And they found an interesting distinction though. When if a child was attached, but not so attached, they were nice, you know, but a little bond there, they go, yeah, you replicate that thing. Go ahead and give me another binky just like them. Right. But if there was a really deep bond, they would say, no, no, you, you can't replicate Mr. Binky, not Miss Bear. Right. There's nobody else like them. They realized there was an essence. Wow. That, that object that that child was bonded to that no one else could replace. Nothing else could replace. And when we, you know, in dating, we welcome each other's joy, worthy and nourished, we're tracking, oh, do you like Starbucks? But the moment someone sees an essence in that man or woman, you know, that says, this I cannot find elsewhere. I can mm. find, I can find red air. I can, you know, I can find, you know, doctors or attorneys or height or weight or a certain, but there is something about that giggle. There is something about the way her soul looks at people and sees the best. When the, whatever that is, that essence. Wow. You know, and so they're like, you go, you, they're, you they're like I in. have to have this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much have to, but when they see an essence they fall in love with that that's unique to them, that's when they don't say, well, I wonder if I can swipe left and find someone better. Oh. That's where the gateway to commitment is. And, the, and I put all that under cherished and protected. You know, when you can see an essence that you want, you so value, you cherish and you protect that unique essence. 
and you want to promote them going out and doing their big thing and pursuing their dreams because it's part of that essence. Uh, but you want to, and when they come home, you do want to take them in your arms and, and give them a big hug. Say, how was your day? That, that's that feeling. And you got that all over the place in that, that you know, in that memory. I mean, yeah. What a beautiful thing to experience so young. That's the template for all couples. Mm. And so when a person does not receive that, I'm so grateful for that. You know, so when a couple does, or when a couple, one, one person or one partner does not really uh, have experienced those four characteristics, what happens when a child doesn't receive any of that, but they're, they're starving for love? So yeah. what would a listener now who's an adult who really wants love, but maybe keeps choosing the same kind of person or it's just not working for them? Well, they're not characteristics. They are feelings. Feelings. Okay. Feelings. So if you're a man out there, what's running the show is feelings. I'm sorry to tell you that, right? Characteristics can get into, you know. Feelings. Okay. Yeah. It's feelings. It's feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, let's contrast it. You know, when I, when I was born, my mom was expecting a girl. And I came up short in that category. Mm. <laughs> now, she was so disappointed that uh, I turns out that my aunt told me that when three weeks after I was born, uh, the state of Ohio sent state troopers out. She had refused to name me. She was so upset. Oh, my goodness. And they said, ma'am, you know, it's illegal. You got to name your child. And she was giving them an attitude. Right. And finally, one of them said, well, ma'am, you can either um, give him a name here, sign this little document, or we can take you someplace where you'll have lots of time to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that point, my Aunt Evelyn said, who's your favorite two uh, actors? Gary Cooper, Dean Martin. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you know, not exactly the most thought, th- but she just brought out Gary Cooper. Okay, Gary Dean. Right. Bingo. Now, just a that. That's not so much included. That's not so welcomed. I don't think there's a lot of welcome. Mm-hmm. So the template I would get is that what I I don't get a right to exist mm. because I'm not welcomed with joy. I don't get a. I get way more right to be separate than to belong. And my system learns I don't have a full right to belong. I don't have a full right to exist. I only get to exist in my head, not in someone's heart. You could have predicted a PhD from this. So later on, when I only have a right to be separate, but not, but belonging doesn't feel safe, then my first wife will say to me when I'm up preparing for my PhD, Gary, I feel lonely. And I will say, what do you mean I'm in the same room with you? Mm. Because distance is the only uh, emotion my brain is using. It's a reference motion for uh, feelings of of connectedness, distances. And when my brain uses distance rather than connected or cherished and protected as its reference feeling for creating more relationships, that's how you get an unhappy first wife. That's how you get a divorce. Even though I had degrees, (laughs) even, you know, I'd done uh, therapy and all sorts of things. Nobody ever swapped out the feeling of distance for feeling safe with being belonging, being cherished. So you didn't have a sense of belonging in that marriage? 
Oh, I loved her very much. What I didn't realize is my brain was always creating distance because it had learned that too much closeness could be dangerous. The other imprint was not only was I not very welcome with Joy, but my mother was borderline personality disorder, violently so. You throw you against the wall, throw you downstairs, those sort of things, right? Um, She was fond of knives. Those were always interesting moments. Mm-hmm. I bet. You know, and at some point, so what would you rather be? What feels better as a four-year-old? Being up in your room, landing a, a, a you know, a, 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 like a, an astronaut thing on the moon that you just made out of your bed and having Apollo uh, uh, astronauts land on your bed by yourself or being down in the kitchen, part of the Wii where you get knocked against the wall. What feels better, distance wow. or closeness? Distance. Distance equals safety. My brain, nothing was wrong with my brain when it did that. It took the best deal available. And so if any of you are out there wondering, you know, if this feels like you, just remember at some point in time, no brain chooses distance over belonging. No brain gets up in the morning and says, how do I screw with my master today? It always takes the best deal available. But then later on, nobody turns off that safety protocol, you know, and at one point, you know, I'm still running it because my brain learns this is, this is safe. And it doesn't feel very safe to a first wife who didn't grow up with that way. So what and I couldn't people, understand it. Yeah. yeah. What should people do who, who are saying right now, wow, that's me. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't get any of those feelings. And now I can kind of see it playing out in my adult life. Your brain was wired for connection, born for connection. I talk, you, your brain is get, knows it is, is worthy, born worthy of certain what I call rights in the book. Mm-hmm. You were born with a right to exist. Your body did not ask the question, should, do I have a right to breathe the air when I get out of the womb? It just took it. <laughs> Maybe with a little help, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it did, right? Okay. It has a right to feel worthy and nourished. There's no baby on the, on the planet that won't breastfeed. <laughs> it knows it's worthy and nourished to be nourished. Sometimes it doesn't always get it. It knows it's got a right to be cherished and protect, the right to separate and belong. This is why all babies want to be looked after or they fuss, right? They can be playing by themselves in the room. And if you leave it, you know, you know what happens. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. They, you know, all, all, all sorts of stuff break loose because they want to be supervised. They want to know they're important and cherished and protected. You have a right, everybody has a right to create their own experience, a right to assert and a right to love and be loved right back. And these feelings I talk about, I'll give you these rights. If if you feel welcomed with joy, you'll have a great right to exist. But if if you feel, if you were made to feel worthy when you reached out, it was okay to reach out. You'll feel you'll have a great right to out, to ask for your needs. Uh, if you felt cherished and protected, you'll feel good being a we. That's not smothering. That's not the Marlboro mm-hmm. mate. That's it's balanced. And if you felt empowered, you'll have a right to create your own experience and not make someone else the standard in a relationship, so you lose yourself. Or you'll have a great right to assert and have shared influence. The feelings give us these rights. But what happens if you were given unworthy or, you know, or unwelcome? 
or not so protected, not so cherished, not so empowered, then your brain will use those as reference feelings too. And then you'll find someone, if you feel unworthy, you'll find someone who's a taker. <laughs> yeah. If you're disempowered, if you feel disempowered, you'll find someone who's a dominator or you'll just lose yourself. You know, if you don't feel so cherished, you'll find a way to be distant or and try to make of it, you'll try to enmesh yourself. The word is codependency, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And when I talk about, yeah, when, I, when people say the word codependent, I don't, I don't hardly ever use the word. I just ask myself, oh, what flavor of feeling is running? Is, oh, I'm unworthy, so I can't have my needs met, so I've got to give, give, give. Oh, that's or, good. Or is it the feeling of, I, I can't belong in a we? So codependent means, well, you know, I, I have to be enmeshed, so I can't have any right to be a me. Or do they just not have a right to create their experience, so they're feeling disempowered? So I have three flavors of it, and I don't call it codependency. It's just somebody, at one point in time, it wasn't safe to separate. It wasn't safe to reach out, or it wasn't safe to have your own experience. Therefore, the brain, oh, this is what my rights are. And it's like Constance, if I said... <clears throat> hey, I'm going to give you a really great cruise ticket, provided it wasn't COVID right now, mm -hmm. to, uh, to Europe. And I'm going to give you these tickets, and it's a cruise line, and uh, you can go over there and have a great time. But if you don't have a passport, you won't be able to go. That's so what these feelings These feelings are, are they're either, they're permission slips for experience. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, all emotions, uh, the, the brain doesn't use language at that level at that that early in life it's using feelings and feelings are, are motivational states in human brains they say and if but if they did have words all feelings would say just one of two words yes or no yes i can do that no i can't worthy says yes i can reach out and ask you for my needs unworthy says no better not disempowered says yes i can speak up my truth now Empowered, you know, empowered says that, and disempowered says, oh, "I better just let them have their way." <laughs> these are so; these are permission slips for all of life. And what most couples and singles do is they pick based on their rights, and they're having exactly the experience their brain was given the rights for. Uh -huh. Usually, early in childhood, sometimes by later experience, they can happen later. And the key is if you can swap out. Those feelings, not the beliefs, not the stories, but the feelings. So that person feels worthy. They have a, and they feel safe feeling worthy and, and welcomed and cherished and empowered. If they feel those four, they will stop choosing takers. They will stop choosing dominators and they will start choosing the right people and they will create their and maintain their relationships in very different ways. And all of, and your brain will always take a better deal. But you've so, got to just find the flavor of safety it needs. Safety. Need yeah, that's why the book is called Safe to Love Again. Not inspired, not guilt-tripped. <laughs> so why did you say not the beliefs and not the stories? So they're not swapping out, oh, my God, I, I don't feel cherished, so I'm always choosing. That's their story. I'm always choosing this kind of partner, that kind of partner. How do you... Um, how do you detach those two? So okay. when a go ahead. 
So oh. it's not stories or beliefs, it's the feelings. That's right. Because you got to remember, all, all stories, all limiting beliefs, they, they come from this thing called the prefrontal cortex that's right behind your forehead. Mm-hmm. This is the advanced human part of your brain. That part of your brain doesn't come on till three. That's mm-hmm. when it gets myelinated. We get fatty sheaves that make it 3,000 times more effective. Now, these feelings I talk about are zero to three. They're already in the hopper. So, I, you know, limiting beliefs and stories, stories are just long-winded limiting beliefs. They are there to explain what's already there. They're not the cause. They're the explanation of the cause. If someone feels deeply unworthy and say they had a limiting belief is, I would be worthy of a really great man if I had my sister's looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I've, I've, this is a real client, real client story, you know, like, you know, if I had my sister's looks, you know, you know, all that stuff, or whatever, right? But that feeling was given early on. That's good. But good. And sometimes it isn't always by parents who are, you know, not exactly attuned. There was one woman that didn't have a right to feel worthy and it turned out that her mother and father were world-class parents, world-class. They raised three other children with beautiful, secure love styles, but she was anxious, never felt worthy, didn't quite know when her knees were ever going to get met. And she goes, and I don't get it. My mom was beautiful, but we tracked it back. You know, when she were at two and a half months, this is right when the right to have your needs is really being put in place. Mm. Two and a half months. Her mom was in this horrible uh, auto accident with a drunk driver and was literally in traction with two broken legs and a broken arm and stuff with her spine for 10 months. Wow. So the other children, she was the youngest, got a very different mother. Now, the family did everything they could. You know, they, they patched together aunts and uncles and, you know, babysitters to cover this trauma in the family, right? And she always wondered why I felt it, because the feeling of unworthy. It wasn't the same, you know, really deeply attuned, consistent care that a mother that is a world-class mom would bring. Because, you know, world-class moms know every little thing about that job. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing, you know, makeshift stuff, not so much. You're doing your best. And the baby had the different feelings. Oh, it doesn't look like I can get my my needs met. She grows up with a different feeling. All that was just explanations for a feeling of unworthiness. That's good. That's good, Dr. Gear. And I heard you say at the beginning, you said, okay, guys, I'm talking about feelings. Remember you said that? So for men, I have a large male audience. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of males say, you know, Constance, I'm not in touch with my feelings. Is it more difficult for men to kind of identify what's going on than than women? Because they say, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just not a feeling kind of guy. I'm not emotional. What about that? Okay. okay, let me talk about feeling, the how unworthy looks to a guy. Okay. okay. Okay, you say, oh, yeah, I don't have these feelings. They don't run the show. And, and I get it. The first time I realized it was all feelings running the show, I remember looking up into the skies and saying to the universe, you're kidding me. Women were right all along. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's one. I'm speaking 
somewhere in the Midwest. Guy comes mm -hmm. to me after the show. He's late 30s. He says, I really, he says, I've, I've had a string of really horrible relationships that don't work out. And he says, now that I'm making seven figures, I think it's time for, I think I'm finally worthy of having a soulmate. I want to work with you. Mm. Well, uh, seven figures is not worthy. Okay. Mm. So the first, he's, we start working together and, um, and he, you know, I find out he's you know, 37, 38. And he's always dating uh, professional models, 19, 20 years old. Perfect tense. Perfect. And perfect tense. And, and so I say, he says, but they tend to be about their egos and they're not very attentive. Okay, so he's found, you know, call it, you know, 19, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, they're, they're young women. They're, they're supposed to be exploring themselves. You know, so he's mm -hmm. found a way. He's found a way to get this old feeling of unworthy was given to him by his father and mother by having, by picking very young. So I say to him once, you know, hey, um, you know, uh, why don't you try dating an older woman who is past this adolescent phase? And he comes back in the next time and says, he says, yeah, I'm going out with an older woman. And then something fell off and I said, how old? She says, oh, she's 24. <laughs> okay. 24. Now, yeah, at 24. And I, and I remember thinking, I didn't get the memo, 24 was an older woman. I must have missed <laughs> that memo. But now we're still working with this feeling. And then he comes into me and he says, now this is to show you how unworthy works. Now that I'm seven figures, I'm worthy of having a soulmate. And he says, you know, I'm scared that these women will leave me. He says, you don't know how competitive it is out there, Gary. He says, what if they leave me for a man who's making eight figures? Mm. He wasn't. Even when he started dating other women, he was the, the template of unworthy. No, there was no amount of, you, know, you notice he went from seven figures to eight figures. Yeah. There was always a way he was going to be unworthy because unworthy was running his relationships. When we allowed him to truly feel worthy, he starts dating a 32-year-old woman, right? He's 38. And he goes, oh, my God, Gary. She, it's, it's incredible, the difference. It's like, you know, she's got her stuff together. And she goes, you know, and she goes, yeah, she, she's got a few extra pounds. But, my God, she's always tracking my needs. She notices what I need ahead of time. This is incredible. We Now, notice that the part of him that he was picking women that, that were so competitive, he says, I'm afraid they're going to leave me. He was finding women who would leave him for an eight-figure person, even though he made a million bucks a year. This is how unworthy works. He, his brain was trying to find the feeling of worthy, unworthy again, because that's all he had the feeling for. When we swapped it out for worthy, suddenly he starts dating women who are really attentive, want to meet his needs, and he doesn't have to date a perfect nine or ten, which is not wow. worthy. That's now good. he can, and then we work on him giving the feeling back, because giving it he, back to his partner. Exactly, okay. because he, it wasn't his first resource course to do because he didn't have a reference for it. When you can do that, where he can give and receive. So he was de, he was really developing a new template. Is that what he was emotional doing? A feeling, emotional yes. template. Yeah, if you, he would have not said feelings were running it, but it was. 
was. That is so good. So in our last 10 minutes, this is too good. I'm going to have to have you back. How can people swap their emo- emotions? What can you tell people besides to contact Dr. Gary, which we're going to give you all of that info at the end. What can people begin to do, notice, think about, ponder, consider? Yeah, the deep work is one-on-one. It's uh-huh, hard to change out by yourself, as you well know as a therapist. You know, it, you, know, you know, it's just difficult to add resources to yourself when you've got them. But one of the things you can begin to notice is you, you were born, your brain was born to expect feelings of welcome, worthy, cherished, and empowered. I love those feelings. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, because of your brain's natural GPS, start using feelings rather than the list, right? Uh, I can still remember one client. She wanted to work with me, and her missing feelings were, were worthy and, and cherished through the stuff in her childhood. In the first session, uh, she comes to me, she goes, I have found Mr. Jackpot. <laughs> I'm always interested in Mr. Jackpot before we've done the work. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jackpot was six foot two. Oh my God, he wore Armani suits and he was a doctor. Can you believe that? He was a doctor and six foot, looked like Pierce Brosnan. And he had read Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. I mean, can you, you know, I mean, how, what better is get? And he did Pilates. Oh my God, Constance, he did, <laughs> he did, he did, he did Pilates. I'm impressed. Oh, man, I'm going, this guy makes us all look bad, right? Mm-hmm. Well, about we were in about the third session about four or five weeks later. She comes in and she is not a happy camper. Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, yeah, it has Pilates. All he wants to do is check out the other women. Not so cherished, mm-hmm. not so worthy, right? So we begin to work really hard on those feelings, being having a right to feel worthy, right to feel cherished. She dumps the guy. And she doesn't date for a few months. Then she goes back out and gets, and she, there's two guys that come along this time. One is a virtual clone of Mr. Jackpot. The only difference is he does yoga and he's an attorney. Everything else the same. Same. You know, <laughs> except he does, you know, Paul Vuitton or Sony suits rather than Armani, right? Uh, uh, now, and then there's another guy. Makes good money. Makes good money. He's in IT, about 20, 30 pounds overweight. He came in in a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, the first date, you know. And when I saw his picture, he looked like a really wonderful man, you know. Mm-hmm. And she chooses the guy in the Hawaiian short, shirt. Yeah. And I said, why? She goes, because he makes me feel like a queen. Now, this was her term for her now system was saying it. Do I want Pilates and 6'2", or do I want to feel worthy and cherished along with Empath? Her brain was using different feelings. She chose differently. That's good. Yeah. That's so good. You know, you, you know, every time I talk to you, I'm like, you need to be, the world needs to hear this. I say that to you every time I interview you because, I mean, you know, you know where people are. Yeah, And when I hear it, it's like, wow. Because even though I've interviewed you before, I did not remember that it was four feelings. I thought it was, in my thinking, it's four principles. What a difference. Oh, yeah. Principles are totally, you know, mm-hmm. 
prefrontal cortex. I mean, if you think in terms the the one of the things in therapy, I've tried to talk to therapists about, the big thing is cognitive behavior therapy. That's mm-hmm. basically prefrontal cortex, logical stuff. What's running our attachment systems are these feelings way deep downside in the in the limbic system. If like when I work with couples, you if you don't give them the feelings they will not, you can teach them a better skill set, and somehow the old feelings of unworthy or uncherished will still come through. I can see that. You know, I, the story I tell is uh, when I was in my 20s, I, I, I was speaking in my hometown, and I happened to look over to my right, and I see a spindly 80 year old woman, and I go, Oh my God, it's her. <laughs> it was my third grade teacher, Mrs. <laughs> you know, and afterwards, I just about ignored everybody to give her a big hug, <laughs> you know. And and she said to me, and she was pretty near to ear, because she, you know, mm-hmm. I was always teacher's pet when I was growing up, you know. And she said, she told me this story years later. She goes, you know, I have both you and your sister, and I was, I was teacher's pet. I was, you know, mm-hmm. you got it like that, Gary. Yeah, yeah. And what Mrs. Graham did is she was always bringing people in. As guests. So if we were talking about biology and dogs that day, she would bring in a, a vet would bring in some young puppies or something. Mm-hmm. You know, florists would bring in flowers. And there would be a greeter of the day. And the greeter of the day would always open the door and welcome them in. Right? Welcome with joy. Mm-hmm. So when she gets, you know, my sister is three years younger, she thinks she's getting Gary the second. <laughs> You know, and but my sister took after more of my borderline mother mm. because of just daughters are going to look more to moms than a son will, right? And my mom didn't do welcome with joy very well with anybody. It wasn't just with me. That's just not what she did uh, by mom. And she and she says, "You're the greeter." And she goes, "Well, how, what do I do? What do I do?" He says, "Well, you'll walk up to the door and you'll open it like this, and you and you'll go, you know, uh, welcome in." She goes, okay. A couple hours later, knock on the door. Mrs. Graham looks at her. She gets up, opens the door, and goes, well, come in. (laughs) (laughs) She did the skill set, (laughs) but she had a little different feeling. Wow. So this is the problem. If you start with coaching and skills and all that stuff, and you don't change these feelings, what I learned working with couples is they will inevitably use a skill set meant to give a different feeling, but but the old feeling will leak in. It will feel wrong. And they'll say, this isn't working. So you've got to swap out the, 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 the missing feelings and both of them. Unworthy people tend to give a lot of criticism. Mm. And you can teach them a little skill set and they will sneak it in in the most subtle ways <laughs> or the look, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they may, you know, or they'll just do an eye roll, you know, which is a universal symbol of contempt. <laughs> right. Yeah. And well, it was just an eye roll. <laughs> what could wrong, possibly wrong with that? Right. Yeah. And, the, and then you tell them, well, it just turned off the T cells in your and your spouse for five hours because that's what happens when we give eye rolls and contempt. It turns off our immune systems. This is so good. So, so Dr. Gary, give people your website, talk to them about coaching, your services, how can they get your book, et cetera. 
Okay, I want to leave one people there, everybody, that no one's broken. You are worthy of all this. No part got broken. If any of this, you think, oh, my God, I don't feel welcome, worthy, or I don't give it. Just know your brain took the best deal available, and you are worthy of a better deal. Mm -hmm. And there's hope for doing it. This is real change. Can, can everybody change? Everybody. Okay. You know, everybody can change, you know. Uh, you know, uh, are the, you know, the, I would say someone maybe with anti, somebody like a Putin might be a little more of a okay, challenge. Okay, I got you. You know, I, I mean, so, but for those of us with normal middle-class craziness, yeah. <laughs> I'm going there. That's all of us. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going there, you know. Uh, but if you want to reach out to me, uh, you can go to GarySalier.com, G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R.com. You can reach out to me. There's a, you know, you, there's a form for reaching me at drgary at garysalier.com. The book is on Amazon. It's called Safe to Love Again. It's uh, good. Uh, yeah. It, I, I've got a lot of just normal people, therapists, coaches, who have said it's, it's life-changing. The it two is. words I hear are life-changing or groundbreaking or, you know, uh, and people just say, you know, just hugely insightful. Uh, they finally understand what's going on. Um, and if you want to sign up for my, uh, you know, there's a free gift uh, on the front page called uh, Love Inspirations. And if you sign up there, you'll also get newsletters. So you can hit, I try to do inspiring newsletters, but it's a little two, four minute videos that I go for singles and couples uh, over the four feelings and skill sets, right? So uh, GarySire.com for contacting me. Uh, and the book is at Amazon, Safe to Love You. How it's to a great the book. Pain of past. Yeah. How to, no, how to release the pain of past relationships and create the love you deserve. Got to get that last one in there. Got you it. know, Dr. Gary, I think I pronounced your last name with my Southern accent and dialect, but I, I did the best I could. <laughs> you know, I love Southern, man. I, you know, <laughs> Creole. I, and if I could find a good Creole uh, restaurant in the Bay Area, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But yeah. uh, Salyer, you know, I, I have heard it pronounced worse. <laughs> you Salyer, know? yeah. Well, yeah. I'm so glad uh, that you, you're back on the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. You are a gift. It's so interesting to listen to you, even as a therapist, I could see. I'm sure other therapists have told you that it's groundbreaking, you know, in our approach you know, to really helping people. And for anyone who's watching this or listening to this, I'm going to strongly encourage that you contact Dr. Gary. Nobody does it alone. And he's a gift. I feel like you're a gift to the world from God to us and just so appreciate you. So I strongly every, uh, encourage everybody to go to his website, take advantage and receive that wonderful free gift that he's giving all of us. I know that I'm going to do it. And uh, Dr. Gary, thank you again so much. Thank you, Constance. You, know, you really are a gift to the world. Thank you. I, I have always loved your memes on Instagram, what we've done. You just keep it up. You know, because we need you. We need you and your light and your love out there constantly. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, uh, make sure you listen to this over and over again. Share this with your friends, a coworker, your family member, anybody who is uh, in a relationship or they desire to be in one. That's the whole world, right, Gary? So, so make sure you visit his website and thank all of you for listening. I'm so honored and blessed to have listeners all over the globe. And of course, you know. 
you can follow me on fulfillingyourpurpose.com. I have over 600 archive podcasts. This is my 12th year uh, on the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And I want you to make a decision to really create a great week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Imagine the greatest collection of real-life entertainment on the planet, all in one place. Go ahead, dare to stream with Discovery Plus. Stream now. Stream what you love. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.